0: Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus, we thank you that the wisdom of your word is greater than the wisdom of this world. We thank you so much that you offer us this wisdom freely, and your word says freely we have received and freely we give. Father God, thank you that um, we are never, ever, ever finished. God, I am not ever wanting to stop learning your, your scripture. God, I never, ever want to stop, so please by the power of your Holy Spirit, not by something stupid that might be in my brain. Lead and guide this study. Angel of the church, have your way. We love and thank you and pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. Wisdom gleaned over the last 25, 25 Bible studies now. We've been looking at the book of Proverbs and every single week, every single... time we look at these scriptures, we've all wound up with the same exact situation. The, the Word is kicking our butts, and the option for us to find something in it that we can receive, that we can take home, or, like, you know what, if you're going to come down on me this hard, I'm just not going to listen, and, and some people actually tune out. Um, I'm as convicted by listening to this stuff as anybody here. There's nobody that can walk away from a Bible study in the book of Proverbs that doesn't go and say to themselves, man, I, I, I blew it big time. Please don't feel like I'm pouring some knowledge that I have earned and gained. and It's not. I have to play this thing called Bible Answer Man today, and I hate it. It's like if I ever do conferences or men's conferences or pastors' conferences and they have a Q&A time, I hate them. I hate them, like, like I have some answers, like I've achieved or attained some status or zero. Every single day, I read this and I'm like, man, I got so far to go. The reason I preface the study by saying is, so as we talk these things through, as we look at these 29, I think, 28 verses, remember, it takes one thing for you to catch on apply it immediately, and you walk away all the better for it. You know what I'm saying? There's a running theme here also in the 26th chapter that's unmistakable. As snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool, verse 1 says. Now that starts a theme for the first dozen verses in this chapter that's very interesting. He says, you notice how it doesn't snow in summer? You you know how it doesn't rain during harvest time? Same way, honor doesn't become to a fool. Now, application-wise for us is, let's not be fools, right? Because unless it's going to snow in hell anytime soon, (laughs) we're not going to get honor by being fools. So it is incumbent upon us to look at the word fool and to say, let's not be that, right? Is that an amen on that one? Then he goes on to say, like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. Now, congruent with the section of scripture, we could understand a little bit what it's saying. And here's, here's what it's saying on the inside and let me show you what it's saying on the outside. I don't know about sparrows and swallows, but apparently a sw- sparrow isn't supposed to flitter and a swallow is not supposed to fly. Because curses without cause don't alight. And here's what the application from the center, from the inside of the proverb, in incongruency with where we're at nobody here is stuck being a fool if you don't want to be your father might be a fool your grandfather might have been a fool grandmother whatever you are not having to stay that way the curses that have been passed on through your generations well, my father was an alcoholic. thus I'm an alcoholic. Well, my mother was a pornoholic. My, my, any of these things that have been passed down to us here in the middle before he goes on to describe further, it's not having to be you. I think that is so important to understand. I think that is so important to receive. If you're from a broken home, I'm from what's called a broken home. My home was not run well. I had no idea what love is. My parents were dysfunctional. My grandparents were dysfunctional. That's just the way I grew up. If you grew up the same way, and you're now all of a sudden looking at yourself in the mirror and going, son of a gun. I hated the guy his whole life, and now I'm turning out to be just like him. Know this, a curse without cause shall not alight. You don't have to stay there. And it doesn't matter whether you're 40, 50, 60, or 18, 19, 20, 14, 15. No point in time, according to what we're reading now, do you have to stay that way. Okay, so first verse is you don't have to, I shouldn't be a fool. Second verse is I don't have to be a fool. Now what about the next verse? Watch this. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the fool's back. He starts describing now, in a very literary thing, in a very literary style, the understanding of what a fool gets. Listen, you know how you put a whip on a horse's back when you want him to go when he doesn't go? You know how you put a bridle in a donkey's mouth when he doesn't do what you want? Same way, a fool always earns a rod across the back, a beating, a punishment. Fools get punished. Well, if you're gonna describe it that way, I don't wanna be a fool. And I don't have to be a fool. Continuing. And I love the verse four and five. You know, listen guys, verse four and five is the contradiction that everybody tells you who doesn't know the Bible is in the Bible. Everybody says, oh, the Bible's full of contradictions. And they say, no, it's not full of contradictions. Yes, it is. Well, I found the contradictions. Here they are. Are you ready? Now, obviously, tongue-in-cheek. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. I read verse 5 and then 4. First it says... Answer a fool according to his folly. Then it says, don't answer a fool according to his folly. See, I found the contradiction. However, there's no contradiction if you have intelligence. Here, the man who produced the wisdom from God, who offers it to us, says to us, listen, if you're talking with a fool, answer him according to his folly, lest you be like him. For instance... If somebody wants to come up to you and start telling you about something that you know is either A, incorrect. One time a guy came up to my father. My father used to drive old cars. He loved buying old cars because he would say he was a collector. But in the 70s and 80s, if you bought a car from the 50s, they were so different, but they were cheap. It wasn't like classics. Now they're not. Back then they weren't called classics. They were called antiques. And all they were was just old beat up cars that he'd have to hold together. But oh, I like driving old cars. It was my father's way of status. One time a guy at a gas station walks up and goes, oh, that's a 58 Olds, isn't it?" He? he goes, yeah. He goes, oh, I love them old cars. I used to have one. You know what I did one time? I put a quart of oil in the gas tank and it kept everything running smooth. <laughs> Caught my father on a weekday. My father knew exactly how his, oh yeah? yeah tell him. And he told, oh yeah, and he told, explained to him how it happened. So what does my father do? Puts a quart of oil in the gas. Gummed up the whole system, broke the car down, had to clean out, It cost him thousands of dollars. Now, You answer a fool according to his folly. Oh, really? Thanks a lot. Great. What? Not this time. Next time I'll do it. You answer him according to his folly. Not correcting him. Hey, you know, I heard that if you put a quart of oil in your gas tank, it'll help the car. Yeah, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Thanks for your advice. How about you go take a long walk off a short pier? That wouldn't be very nice. Not only would it be nice, you might get yourself into a little scrap. Now, then he says, verse 5, I think you guys are understanding. I'm sorry, verse 4. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Sometimes when somebody says something so ridiculous, you don't say a word. Hmm. Get right on that. You know what you need? A little bit of the hair of the dog that bit you. You hung over on Sunday? Take a shot. Yeah. So I'm gonna do. I regret drinking so much that I have the worst headache in my life. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna drink some more. Great idea. Now, obviously, we take this from a counsel perspective. Somebody wants to tell you, your wife did what? You know what I'd do if my wife did that? Absolutely nothing. you just... When somebody starts to give you advice, for instance, I tell people I'm a Christian. I ask them if I can pray for them. Half of the time, somebody says to me, you know what I believe? Can't wait. I believe that God is available to everyone, and that God assigns angels to all people, and that all religions basically are one, and all the holy books are true. And I always, at the same time, and you guys could all watch, I don't even have to tell you this because I've said this enough. What do I say when people say that to me? How's that working out for you? Yeah, how's that working out for you? Really? Fantastic. Great news. <laughs> and usually they do it when they come to church here. They come to church here. I preach the word. I tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of his saving hand. And then they want to tell me what they believe. And my response is the same as Chuck Smith. If you want to answer a fool according to his folly, here's how you do it. You say, yeah, show me how what you believe that's different from what I believe makes you more like the Lord Jesus. And then I'll decide for myself if it's something that I should believe. But until you can show me how what you believe that's different from what I believe makes you more like the Lord, I'm probably going to just hang where I'm at. There's wisdom in these things. Continuing. Let me tell you why, real quick, because I I just feel like I lost some of you guys. Verse 4 and 5 is really important, especially this time of the year with all the holidays and everybody's family wants to, you know, pass their judgment on them. Guys, I have some people that, text me, like all the time, hey, my brother just asked me this question about the Bible. Hey, a a friend of mine at work just asked me, can God make a rock so big that he can't pick it up? Hey, somebody just asked me, is Judas in heaven? Somebody, and I always say the same thing. I will say to them, I'll answer every question you have if you promise to come to church with me next week. If not, I'm just gonna be praying for you. My family, I would spend hours and hours and hours talking. My family, some of my family was Catholic and here's what they believe. Catholic. Some of my family was Jewish and here's what they believe. it. And I talked and talked and, and I, 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 I even forget who it was. One, one, one of my old friends said, man, you're so much better off just loving them, smiling and praying for them. Prayer behind the back is better than all the answers in the face. I always dug that. Anyway, verse 6. He who sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Are you guys seeing a theme here? Fool, we're learning what a fool is, how you should answer a fool, that you shouldn't be a fool, that you don't have to stay a fool, all these things. And he says, and if you send a message by the hand of a fool... You might as well just get a saw and cut off your own feet and get a cup of violence and drink it down. Because you know who the real fool is? You! Like the legs of the lame that hang limp is a proverb in the mouth of fools. (laughs) I, I love listening to people. I, I, um, I was taught a long time ago, when you're in a counseling session with somebody, when you're sitting and listening to them, the best thing to do first is just let them talk. Let them talk. Generally, the conversation is more for them than it is you, and they start to hear themselves talk and the silly things that they're saying. And, that, and, and some, the vast majority of time, like, I don't really have any idea what you're talking about. I, I, I don't. I'm sorry. I, I don't understand that. The legs of the lame. You know, lame, somebody that can't walk. He said, when somebody who's a fool starts to quote a proverb or something like that, that same person, it's like hanging... Like, Why don't you take your own advice? You follow? Continuing, again. Like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. Let me give you the visual. How how many of you guys liked Bugs Bunny growing up? Okay. So, Bugs Bunny walks over to, um, nope, 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 nope. It was the, uh, um, was it Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote? That's who it was. It was Roadrunner. Nah, I thought it was Bugs Bunny. He hands him a slingshot And then he takes a stone and he puts it in the slingshot and he walks backwards. And then he lets it go. And the thing goes, boom, and all all you see is the stars from like the perspective of the guy. He who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. If you... We had, a, we had a men's conference a couple of years ago here. And a friend of mine was a pastor. And he says, hey, man, I got this guy. Um, he's an old kickboxer, and he got born again. And you should let him talk. At the yeah, um, I, I don't know the guy, man. Oh, no, I, I'll vouch for him. Was anybody here for that? Do you remember that guy? Dude, I... And I was sitting back there, and the pastor who asked me to have him, he got sick that day. And this guy's up here talking, and I didn't even know what the dude was. It's the first time I've ever had, like, I was sitting there talking. The guy that was doing sound was from this guy's church, the, the pastor's church. And I said, listen, you get him off there in five minutes, or I'm going up there and getting him off. Because 40-some-odd minutes into it, I don't think, first of all, he's mentioned the Lord's name one time and I don't even know what this guy's talking about. Were you there, You were not there for that? Oh my goodness, dude. You know whose fault that was? Mine, I gave honor to a fool. Continuing, guys, this is all gonna make sense in a second, stay with me, all these pictures we're painting. Like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. I always had the visual, of grabbing a stick, if you've ever grabbed a, a branch or held onto a tree, you're walking in the woods or whatever, and you reach up and grab something, and there's a thorn in it, and it just goes right into your hand. It happens if, you, if anybody has gone hiking, you know exactly, or stepping on it or grabbing a branch. That's what happens when somebody who tries to talk about something they don't live. All these things, like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard, is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like, I guess the running theme here is you don't want to be a fool. Right? I mean, right, are we seeing this? He's not finished yet, though. Uh, He's not finished yet. The great God who formed everything gives the fool his hire and the transgressor his wages. Your option and your choice to be a fool is all your own. You don't have to be. You can break the curses that are upon your life first by accepting Christ as Savior, and you could read the Proverbs and learn how not to be a fool. Wow, it's the craziest thing. All my life I've done this And yet here I'm reading in the Proverbs, that's something I shouldn't have been doing. Well, are you going to continue to do it? We looked at verse, um, in Proverbs chapter 23, um, just a few weeks ago, and there was eight verses about drinking. Remember, who has woe, who has sorrow, who has, and I wonder how many people heard us study that together and went home and cracked open a beer. Like 3,000 years ago, a guy said, Listen, here's what it's going to look like when you drink. And we ran, We're like, Holy crap, that's me! But how many of us? Huh? Exactly. Oh, you weren't here for that, though. Where you been, man? What's up, man? You don't come back here? We miss you so much. Him, too. They beat me, but I wasn't hurt. They struck me, but I was not affected. When shall I, drink? When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? So the hair and the dog. Huh? The hair the of the, 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 the dog. There it is. Now, watch where he goes here now. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Here he says... What makes you a fool is when you do what, now it's become popular in the last 10 years, the insane thing. When you do the same thing over again and expect different results, the definition of insanity more appropriate is the definition of a fool. My dog the other day, I've got this this little bucket, and in the bucket I grow uh, lemongrass. And every morning, 6.30, 7 o'clock, I wake up, I go outside, my daughter, who's always up before me, she sees that I'm out there, she opens, she lets the dogs out, and these two dogs, they start eating the lemongrass. Dogs eat grass so they can clean out their stomachs, and then they walk up to me and they're like, mm -hmm." (laughs) boom. they They spit it out, they go get a drink, and you know what they do? They go back and eat more grass. And that's not just a funny thing. It's, listen, as a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Come on, guys, I hope this is hitting, not some of you, every one of you do you not remember being a kid and getting caught cutting out of school getting caught smoking cigarettes getting caught on the phone i mean for, for this generation getting caught using the internet you get, and you do it over and you reckon that the fun is worth the reward right okay so now we learned a lot about what a fool is, why we shouldn't be a fool, what a fool looks like, what a fool is, how you're a fool if you deal with a fool, all these things, right? Watch how the writer of this now surmises. This is great summation of the foolishness. Ready? Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. So here's the answer to the question that was not even asked, but only implied. How do you not become a fool? Don't think you're so smart. It's that simple. I I always remember watching when I was a kid, one of my favorite comedians was um, Richard Pryor. Man, I'd watch Richard Pryor every, he was so funny, that dude. And one day he goes out and he does this, he goes, you know, yeah, I'm 45 years old, and the way you used to talking. He said, When I was in my 20s, I thought I was the smartest guy in the world. I thought I knew it all. I was making money. So, you know what I realized now and then? I am the dumbest you know what I ever met. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I don't know nothing. And I remember looking, I was like, I was a kid at times in my early teens, I was thinking to myself, What are you talking about, man? You're rich. You're famous. You have everything you want. He, I was just, he was just telling a joke. He wasn't telling a joke. What the greatest path any kid or adult can be on is to go, you know, I really don't know anything. Man, I, I better find me some wisdom, because I'm going to be a fool my whole life. And thank God we know the source of wisdom, right? We don't have to stay fools. Love that about this word. Continuing. The lazy man... (laughs) Now let's see start on lazy people. The lazy man says, there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. The lazy man says... My clock didn't go off. The lazy man says... I got a flat tire. The lazy man says, I couldn't get up this morning. The lazy man has an excuse for every reason he didn't get his business done. Including, oh, I I couldn't get out of of the house this morning because there was a lion outside. A fierce lion was in the street. No, really. And usually the same thing happens with every 15 and 16 year old that comes to work at my business. And I sit there and I go, me and Austin are like, all the time, It's just we just shake our head at each other. It's absolutely amazing. And I have this thing that I do, and, and it's, it's, it's redundant at this, point. it's probably stupid at this point. I answer a fool according to his folly. And I go, you do know I'm 56 years old, right? You do know that everything that you're saying to me I've heard before and like, I know it's a lie. No, really, no, really, man. L- let me show you my text. Like, okay, let me see the text. Oh, wait, I think I deleted it. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. You ever have a door just open? So that's the same way you can turn in their bed. Are you tired? Yeah, yeah. Uh it's time to get out of bed. Yeah, hold on. Okay, I'm not tired anymore. What amazing pictures. How what what a beautiful literary style. Even if you even if it's kicking your butt right now, guys. Don't worry about it. Because you don't have to stay that way. That's the great part about the Bible. You know. There was a guy named Warren Wearsby. And he said something so beautiful. And I remember the first time I heard it, I loved it. In talking about parables, parables are these stories that the Lord Jesus told. And I think you can really look at it like the whole Bible. He said parables were a picture. Were what does he say? Remember? That became a window. Became, a Yes, it was a picture that becomes a mirror that becomes a window. And that's the great part about the Word of God. You read it and you're seeing a picture. If you will accept it, if your spirit will be baptized into the body of Christ, then it becomes a mirror. But because God is so gentle it then becomes a window of escape. This is what we're looking at now. All these things are pictures that for some of us become mirrors, but for all of us, they're windows. Like, pick a proverb, any proverb. Apply it, anytime you want. It'll change your life, man. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. What a picture! I have this picture of a guy, so hungry, so lazy. He puts his hand in a bowl of mush and a bowl of food, and he's like, and when he wakes up, it's all gone. It's rotten. Ew! What happened? You're so lazy. You couldn't even put it back in your your food in your mouth. Now, I heard Pastor Steve Williams one time describe this. And I loved it. And it's from the day I heard it, he said, this is so much so where the church is at right now. Listen to me. You have a Bible in your house, and you can't make the time to read it. You have food, and you don't read it. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl, and it wearies him to bring it to his mouth. The lazy man will carry his Bible to church. But he can't. uh, So heavy. Uh. Interesting, right? Verse 16. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. (laughs) You know what I believe Nobody cares what you believe, dude. My brother, God rest his soul, I love him to death. Can't wait to see him again. God saved before he passed, so hallelujah for that, right? My brother, at 13 years old, can throw a baseball about 400 foot. He was fearless. He had a stack of college offers to play baseball but somebody introduced him, well, we stole it from my parents' room, to pot. So he smoked pot, so all through 13, 14, 15, 16, he was smoking herb all the time. He had, from the time he was 13, 15, probably in his late 40s when he died, He had almost no victories in his life. Went to college and dropped out. Got a job, lost it. Got a Series 7 license to trade, never did nothing with it. Everything was almost boom. He had no victories. The guy had no victories. I felt so bad for him. But let me tell you what my brother did have. He had the ability to tell you how to do everything in your life. He would tell you who to vote for and how to vote. He would tell you how to run your. He showed up. He moved from New York to Florida when I had just started my business. He's going to come in within a month. He's telling everybody, oh, here's what you got to do here. Here's how you got to do this. Here's what you got to do. do Like, dude, do yourself a favor, man. Stay somewhere. Get a victory. Just hang out. And the crazy thing is, and and tell me if this is any of you guys. I really need to know if this is anybody else. What would happen is, he'd finally get a job, and he'd always think the right job was the wrong job, and the wrong job was the right job. He got a job selling cars. And it's like, oh, bro, bro, Adam, Adam, Adam. My brother's name is Adam. You don't want to do that, man. What are you talking about? You know how much money I made last week? Yeah, yeah, but... The, the car business, it's a whole, man, car salesman on the on the average, it, you know, he got this job in a phone room. Man, I got the job. Yeah, yeah, oh, brother, 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 brother. Yeah, all those guys, that they're like car salesmen, man. Half of them are on drugs. That, 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 it's, it's a bad environment for you, man. You don't want to be around the. But then he gets a job, and he's working with my company. But he doesn't want to stick around. Yeah, I don't think this is for me, bro. Just stick around. It's growing, bro. We're going to grow. We're going to do good. Yeah, I don't I don't like this. Happened all the time. All the right jobs he thought were the wrong jobs. And all the wrong jobs he thought were the right jobs. Is is anybody else happening? Anybody else? Okay, I'm not alone on that one. Okay, good thought my brother just had bad luck or something he kind of ends that series of the writer kind of ends that series of things he does and now he goes back to kind of not having um, a running theme but interesting nonetheless much lessons to be learned these things are so practical from here on in the rest of the Proverbs 26 27 28 all the way through 31 he gets really more practical and less what's called esoteric. Less of, hmm, I wonder what that means. You're going to know exactly what these mean. Very interesting. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a dog by the ears. <laughs> Anybody have a question about that? I remember in Austin, one time, do you, do you remember what, what story I'm going to tell? You were driving your truck one time. You, were, you Remember? You're driving what are you driving up Hillsboro? No, I was right across the street here. I was just driving south on power line right before firewall. Ki keep going. <laughs> So he comes back to and he tells me, hey, man, I was, I was uh, driving down, and I saw these kids fighting, and I jumped out, and I helped him. I was like, that was a good thing, right? Because he was new, new at this whole Christianity thing, and I was like, yeah, buddy, let's talk about that. You see, there's a proverb that says, he who goes and meddles in an affair not his own, it's like somebody who takes a dog by the You don't know if those kids rob you. You're Listen, best thing to do, hey, you guys all right? Hey, F you. All right, God bless you. Yeah, 911. Uh, big fight going on over here. You want to help out here? Thank you. You gotta be careful, man. Now you might think, well, that's not real honorable, Ryan. Maybe you should interfere. And look, if I see a dude beating up a girl, if I see a guy jump on a cop, if there's this like clear cut, I understand what's going on here. I gotta help out. I'm all in. But man. Let me tell you a story to my shame, okay, real quick. I remember, it was probably winter of 1985, 86, yes I said 80. I was arguing with my then girlfriend, and I, I'm, not, I'm not, I used to not be the calm, cool, collected person you see here today. <laughs> and I was getting mad, and I was yelling, put my, and some dude walked by, and he's like, hey man, take it easy on the girl. And when somebody is in that state of mind, you don't want to, I was, I was locked and loaded on, and I just put my hand on it, I was like, you just made a gigantic mistake. And the dude was like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, you know, but that could have gone really bad. I didn't want to hurt. Later on, I was like, what am I, stupid? But you're in the middle. So sometimes it's best to use a little wisdom and say, hey, man, you know, you guys okay? Could I help you all? Maybe I can, maybe even take the Christian route. You know, of course. Hey, can I pray for you guys? Man, you look like you're having a bad day, but to jump in the middle of something. You guys ever, you asked to see one time, my, my son, Josiah, he has a nine month old, 115 pound XL bully. Its head, I'm not lying, is this big. I want you to think about taking that dog by the ears when he's eating food or when he, did that picture come clear? He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a dog by the ears. Got that? Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. In my Bible, you can write next to it, April Fools. My son-in-law is a madman. He throws firebrands, arrows, and death at me every single April 1st. And he tries to outdo himself every single year. The best one or the worst one? I think last year he sent me a picture of a two-headed red-foot tortoise and said, bro, look what just hatched out of our incubator. <laughs> <laughs> One year he sent me a picture of these snake eggs that we were incubating and out of them was hatching what's called indigos, which is my favorite snake. And I was like, how many? And then I was like, oh, he got me again. I forget what he did this year. I, I, this year, I was like ready. And he sent me a text, and I no, 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 he's not doing it this year, he's not doing it. And I'm like, I ain't falling for it this year. He's like, man, I thought I had you. Some people, their whole life is that. I was only kidding. I was just kidding. I was only kidding. Yeah, but you just said, I was only kidding. Some people use, I was only kidding, as an excuse for saying dumb things. They said it, and they meant it when they said it, but now instead of saying, hey, you know what, I'm sorry, I should not have said that. That was a horrible thing to say, which for some reason, all due respect to the ladies here, it's like, you guys would rather eat a broken bottle than, than just look and say, hey, I'm so sorry, that was wrong. Like, don't laugh, guys. Just let me take all the blame for that. They just say, I was only kidding. You were not kidding. I was just kidding. Story about I was only kidding. My son is five years old. He's playing t-ball at Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. They used to have these t-ball leagues. I don't know if they still do. All right. So he's, he's like five years old. And I was coaching the team. And one of the other coaches on this team was this dude named Scott. And Scott was like really, really into baseball. His son was on the team too, and he gets into an argument with the umpire. And I walk out to the thing, and we're we're, <coughs> we're, we're co-coaches. And I walk up and I say, "Scott, you need to take it easy." He's like, "No, man, they ain't gonna rob us. We're we're gonna win this game." And I looked at him and I started getting like a little hot. And I was like, "Scott, I need you to chill out, bro. You're blowing our witness here." And he's like, "No, man." And he's, he, now he starts getting mad at me. I was like dude, I'm going to put you to sleep in a second. And he looked at me, he was like, what? Like, Go sit down on the bench now. I'm telling you right now, I'm about to lay you down. And later on, he walked up to me, he goes, you know, as a Christian, I just didn't think that you would ever say something like that to me. You know, you threatened me with violence. I was like, I was only kidding, man. I was just trying to stop you. Like, there was no way I was kidding. I was, <laughs> I was like, I was like literally going to knock this dude out. Because he was embarrassing us at a kid's Christian league. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no talebearer, strife ceases. As charcoal is to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer, they're like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. And the reason those are connected is very important. If you have somebody that's, I mean, pardon the, 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 the phrase, but a BS artist, and they work for you, they're a friend of yours, and they're constantly starting this strife, man, there is a time like, you know what? I gotta get rid of this dude in my life. We, me, and, me and Austin have a friend out and he's constantly telling us stories and lies and like, we're, we're just dealing with, with some stuff he's doing. I was like, what do you think he means at this point? Like, I don't know. Why is he doing that? I don't know. You're never going to know the truth. How long are we going to deal with this guy? I don't know. I guess as long as he's not hurting us. You know what I mean? But some people... I I told you guys this story a couple of months ago about this guy who came over my place and started telling me about all the guys he's wrestled with and he wrestled at this school and he wrestled. And I looked him up and he's like, he was lying about the whole thing. Like, didn't you know you were going to get found out? You're lying. Like, I know the guy. I called him and asked him, you're lying. Some people don't care. It's just what they do. That's called the tailbearer, guys. That guy's a tailbearer. Some of us are married to tailbearers. Thank God I'm not, because that's horrible. And then he talks about a contentious man. This is more for the ladies. As charcoal to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. A man who has not found the ability to apologize for his words and his wrong is a contentious man. If your wife, if your If your family doesn't have the ability to say, you know what, just shut up. How dare you talk that? I'm a man. Sometimes a guy just needs to hear the word, shut up, man. You're right. Gone too far. Man. Some of you guys' wives should have been here tonight. They would have loved this. I'd have been popular after that. Fervent lips, verse 23, with a wicked heart are like earthenware covered with silver dross. Fervent lips with a wicked heart. If you've ever been around somebody who can't wait to tell you horrible things, they can't wait to talk to you, you can hang out with them and they can't wait. Oh, you know what they did at my other church? Let me tell you what happened here. Let me tell you what happened here. And it's always negative, 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 negative. They're like... And the reason this is, this is like understandable in biblical times, earthenware, they would get the clay out of the earth, they would make it, they would purify it, they would refine it, they'd put it in the fire, they'd fire it, and then they would cover it with uh, some kind of paint, maybe gold or silver. But silver dross is the opposite The first thing that happens when you get clay out of the ground is you get the dirt off of it. The first thing that happens when you take um, silver out of the ground or out out of the rock is you purify it and you burn off the silver dross. He says, you don't take finished earthenware and silver dross and put that together. That's counterproductive. It's counterintuitive. You with me? Same person who can't wait to tell you some negative stuff. Oh, let me tell you what they did, and they did this, and my mother did this, and my father did this, and my brother did this, and my uncle did this. I went to the bank the other day, and the girl at the counter was so... Uh... Fervent lips with a wicked heart are like earthenware covered with silver dross. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him, For there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. Hateful people will be revealed. Our job is not to call everybody out, it's to love everybody in. Can I say that again? Our job, Christian is not to call everybody out. It's to love everybody in. Don't answer a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. And then you answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Let him be, man. Let me read that again. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, don't believe him, there are seven abominations in his heart. And those hatreds covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. Don't call them out. Let that stuff stay in his heart. Who cares? Yeah, but I know he's got ill intention. God will reveal it. Let's not call them out. Let's love them in. Got that? Last couple of verses. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. Let me explain that to you. (coughs) From the perspective of what he's trying to say, if you were a hunter, a trapper, if you were uh, an archer, a birdsman, uh, uh, you, in order to hunt or trap, you would have to set these things. They didn't have guns and powder back then. The, The best they can do is archery. So let's see. If I want to catch um, a wild animal, I dig a hole, I cover it with sticks, and you sit back, and you maybe put some bait there. But if you're going to do that for people, if you're going to be the type of person that sets traps for people, or the type of person who rolls a stone, which means, what, what did it mean, roll a stone? Anybody know what that means? You go to the top of a hill. And you roll that stone up there, and you put a rock under it. And you wait for that person. And you pull that rock out of the way. And you knock him over with it. He says, make no mistake about it. You dig a pit or roll a stone, you're the one that's going to fall into the pit. And you're the one that's going to have it. Now, obviously, this is an extremely symbolic thing. And you have to be that type of person who understands Man, it's so important to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and go, man, that's me. I do that. I used to do that to my wife all the time. Before we got saved, I was so, always setting traps for her, always rolling stones and digging pits and getting into these big stupid fights over nothing. And you gotta be big enough one day to look in the mirror and go, man, that's me. Darn it. Darn it. This is why Again, I reiterate, as we do the last verse, nobody is, is pointing their finger at you tonight. The Lord is speaking to some of our hearts, and we have to recognize, if we, want, if we don't want to be a fool anymore, we don't have to be. I don't know these things. I mean, I'm talking like I know them. I know how to explain them to you, but I can't apply them all to my life. Solomon didn't apply them all to his life. But here is the wisdom. Man, God's going around with a little bucket right now. You want one? You want one? Just take one. You want two? That's a lot of food for one night. Just take one, man. Just take one tonight. Take the the dog-by-the-ears one. It's a good one. It'll save you so much hassle. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. One is for you and one is for them on this last one. One is for you and one is for them. If you have a lying tongue and you're telling somebody a big story, a big lying BS story, know that you're hating those people and you're hating the people you're lying about. Oh no, I'm just trying to, even if you're trying to get the right results, there's a, um, there's, a, there's a saying in the world that says the means justifies the ends. That is a worldly proverb. And it couldn't be further from the truth. It's right up there with in order to make an omelet, you have to crack a few eggs. And again, that's a symbolic, that's, that's a, um, a metaphor. The means never justifies the ends, never. If you have to lie to accomplish the goal, don't do it. Now some of you guys, oh yeah, I know some stories in the Bible where people lied. Listen to me. That's not our our job to Mm. either judge them for doing that or to accept that as our calling. Never, never, never. You let them worry about that when they see God. We should never allow. And what's happening in our society right now, in our government, especially in the world's government... They think if they mandate these vaccines, they think if they make um, socialism, if they spend all the money the government, they think if they do all these things, the means will justify the ends. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it. And a flattering mouth works ruin. Man, if you apply that to what's going on in our government right now, you will know who the liars are and who the flatterers are and what they're trying to accomplish. So, it's 8.59. I ended exactly on time. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. May it be your spirit that leads and guides us and keeps us on the right track. We continue and do again pray for all the people that have this um, flu, cold, the, uh, the COVID thing that's going around, whatever it is, God, especially the people of our church. God, I, I think about Rolando, um, my beautiful bride, and, and my, my mother-in-law. Pray that you continue to protect uh, Papa from it. All of the people that we know in our church, God. We lift them up to you now to heal them and protect them. And may your may word that we read tonight also be like that, where we protect ourselves from foolishness, from laziness, and all the other things that your word gave us fair warning about tonight, God. May we really apply them to our lives and we would be all the better for it. We ask these things, all of them, God, for us. We receive it all. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. Amen.